turns the corner at the 21st down, breaks a tackle at the 25, breaks another at the 30, and he's loose! Gets the carry, and he's loose inside the 50-40 to the 30-20-10, touchdown! Hello, hello, let's go. It's your man, Flip Mozzie, and thank you for spending 15 minutes with me today. Fresh off the Wednesday roundtable, so it's a double dip of Flip this week. I hope y'all don't mind. That pod recorded on Sunday, so now we get a quicker podcast where we focus on the Sunday night football preview. Our Minnesota Vikings enter week 10 after a three-point loss in Arrowhead Stadium. Daniil Hunter tips the last kick, but not enough to derail the Harrison Butker game-winning field goal as time expired. The Chiefs don't need the reigning MVP, Patrick Mahomes. They rest him and beat our Vikings anyways. Tough loss, but a fantastic game. A one-score game throughout with three ties, four lead changes, and 15 swings in win probability. Tight contest. A game where big players, big plays, and big mistakes were magnified. Now that's football. That's entertainment. That's the most fun game Minnesota has played all year. And hopefully we're in for another treat with a better result when our Vikes fly down to Dallas to two-step with the Cowboys on Sunday night. Let's do the damn thing. Dallas at 5-3 after an easy win over the New York Giants. A snooze fest where a cat made the best play. Lots of Vikings fans can't handle that last loss against the Chiefs. Upset with the mistakes, ready to make grand statements about how this team can't beat a good opponent, how this team can't win on the road or outdoors, whatever. They can believe whatever narrative they want, whatever helps them get through the day. Because here's the reality. It's hard to beat good teams. It's hard to win on the road. Take Dallas, for example. Tell me who they've beat. Is their win against the Eagles more impressive than Minnesota's? Not really. Should they be praised as a contender after two wins against the Giants? I mean, come on. The Cowboys have five wins, two against New York, one win in Washington, home win against Philadelphia, and their big, out-of-division win, it came against the lowly Miami Dolphins. So I don't want to hear it. If you think the Minnesota Vikings are in danger of falling apart, don't you dare say that lightly. If you don't think the Vikings are an NFC contender, that they're in over their heads, that's not the truth. They're right in the middle of this playoff race. Acting like I'm the one trying to justify false potential. Get your acts together. Who are we talking about right now? What is it you think you see in the rest of the NFC? Do you remember how the Vikings blasted through October and one game is going to change that? I don't think so. Do you remember what happened when this team faced adversity before? A juggernaut unleashed upon the league. No, you clearly don't remember if you're ready to jump ship now. You clearly don't remember. So let me remind you. The Minnesota Vikings still feature one of the best quarterbacks in the league. The best running back. An elite wide receiver duo 
two elite pass rushers too. A linebacker playing out of his goddamn mind. Our Vikings are still a top 10 offense and defense in terms of efficiency. Only one other team can claim that in the league, and it's not the Dallas Cowboys. We're not being tested Sunday night in Dallas. We are the test. The Cowboys need a big win more than the Vikings even do, and the Vikings will be the judge on who does and doesn't belong in the NFC playoff picture. Dallas offense scoring 28 points per game, fourth in the NFL, and when you look at the strength of the defenses they faced, Minnesota is the second best unit they'll go against. When the Cowboys played New Orleans, they scored 10 points. Zeke Elliott disappeared in that contest, 35 yards on 18 carries. So in week 10, you task Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr, Shamar Stephan, Harrison Smith. You task that defense to erase that 91-yard play from last week and shut Zeke Elliott down. And you do that with confidence because the Vikings are still top 10 in shutting down the run. And more importantly, in the pass game, the Dallas offense has proven they're nothing without Amari Cooper, who's limited going into this game. So the Vikings need to focus on him and not with that crap defensive game plan we saw last week. Look y'all, the Xavier Rhodes slander has gone too damn far. We care way too much about his decline, about his contract, and about every pass he allows. Enough is enough, because at the end of the day, Xavier Rhodes is this team's CB1. He's the best corner on the Minnesota Vikings. Trey Waynes couldn't cover, Tyreek Hill couldn't hang. Terrible to let Hill beat him outside shoulder for that long touchdown. Trey had safety help and wasn't good enough. Maybe you think Mike Hughes or Holton Hill are good enough to take on Amari Cooper. Fine, but either way, you man up. This isn't complicated. You put the best corner on the best receiver, period. And you let them battle in that matchup. And that means they win some and they lose some, but they battle and they can get help over the top as needed. The last thing you do is let Amari Cooper move around the formation to get into the matchup that they want. So let's see how Zeke does when he goes against Anthony and Aaron. Let's see if Dak can find Amari when he's got a man up on every single play and that dude Anthony Harris is shadowing over the top. Just bring it. Offense, when our Vikings have the ball, we need to remember who they are. Again, the second most efficient offense Dallas will face this season. An offense built on running the ball efficiently, play action passing, and moving the pocket for Kirk Cousins. Ten minutes into the Kansas City game, Dalvin Cook had one carry, one target. Minnesota received the ball down 7-0 and marched 75 yards on 12 plays. They gave the ball to Dalvin on 8 of those 12 plays. Touchdown drive, game tied. Is this a one-off example? Of course not. There's not a single game the Vikings have won all year where the running game wasn't effective. The common theme for this offense is Dalvin Cook. 
all three of the touchdown drives last Sunday. 28 plays on those three touchdown drives. Dalvin Cook carried the ball or was targeted on 16 of those plays. That's 57% of the time. And again, the result, touchdown. The rest of the time, they used him on a third of plays, which is fine for a normal average running back. But Dalvin Cook is not that. Starting the game with three straight passes is too cute. A third and four draw to Amir Abdullah, garbage. Before halftime, six plays in the red zone. Dalvin doesn't even get one touch. He's not even on the field for the last three. Absolute trash. He's the dude who just broke off the nine-yard run to get you into the red zone. Kevin Stefanski, you do the right thing now. You lean on Dalvin Cook this game. And no, we don't care if he's not putting up five yards per carry or breaking the big runs right away. Because even when the defense sells out to stop Dalvin, that opens up things elsewhere. We are the test. Can Dallas stop the best running back they've faced all year? That's on them. Make them take that test throughout the entire game. And we'd like to see more runs to the edge, outside zone behind O'Neal and Reef, rather than inside where the team weakness lies. And while they're trying to key on the run, it's time. Time to move Irv Smith Jr. all the way up. Dallas struggles most against tight ends this year. With Adam Thielen out for this game, which is a huge loss for the offense, with Thielen out and Diggs being the deep guy going against a very talented secondary, Minnesota needs a chain mover in the pass game. And Irv Smith Jr. leads the team in first down rate when targeted. Dallas will have to key on Dalvin, blanket Stephon, and respect Irv Smith Jr. all at the same time. I don't think they can. I don't think they do. We are the test. Yes, the Vikings made mistakes on Sunday, but not of the variety that can't be fixed. Not the kind that erases all the strengths they've shown this year. A season where they have twice as many wins as losses. Simple fixes. Use Dalvin Cook in key moments. Put your best corner on their best receiver. Don't let up 91-yard run plays. Make your damn kicks. Make the easy throws, Kirk. Come on. This is a week where Mike Zimmer and Kevin Stefanski need to look themselves in the mirror too. Please outcoach Jason Garrett. Please. And once you get past all that, I know it takes a while, but once you get past all that, guess what? The Vikings did some things well too. They overcame an early deficit. They overcame a second half deficit. And they did it without either of their best two receivers. This is still a good football team. We're proud and excited about Sunday Night Football because here comes a statement. If you think Stephon Diggs is going to get shut down for two consecutive weeks, you're crazy. Book that statement. Stephon Diggs is about to shine back on primetime and K-Step is going to get him back involved. Book another statement. The coaching effort will be back in Dallas. More aggressive, smarter from Zimmer and his Reapers. The defensive game plan against Kansas City, okay. Remember, those fumbles bounced the wrong way. Those sacks forced long field goals. 
so the pendulum swings the other way, and Zimmer puts Jason Garrett back on the hot seat. Prime time football, and I can't wait for our Vikings to show the world that the Dallas Cowboys are not contenders. It's nice being on primetime at the center of attention. We gotta love it. We gotta live in this moment. Minnesota played one of the games of the week last week in week nine. Most of the other games were blowouts, so Vikings vs. Chiefs, great to watch in the noon slot, saving the afternoon. Now, in week 10, the night game means there's some time to watch the other games too, but it's not a really good slate. I don't care about the NFC North Bears vs. Lions. Sure, interesting, but it's against two teams with losing records. Battle of New York, Giants vs. Jets. <laughs> I'll be looking out for that cat they still can't find. There is just four good games this week. Sunday afternoon, Carolina Panthers at Green Bay Packers. Carolina with some bad news, putting Cam Newton on injured reserve, so they'll roll with Kyle Allen indefinitely. And that's okay because they're 5-3, and three, and they just beat the Titans last week. Green Bay with some bad news too, losing to the Chargers in Los Angeles, a throwaway forgettable game in Southern California. The Packers return home for their sixth game in Week 10, which seems ridiculous, but whatever. They need a good win against Carolina, or those questions will start creeping in. Pittsburgh Steelers vs. Los Angeles Rams should be a good one. LA coming off their bye, traveling to Pittsburgh, and the Steelers have another home game after beating the Colts. Vinatieri missing a game-winning field goal there. Backup quarterbacks are all the rage these days, and Pittsburgh is still somehow 4-4, four four, even though Mason Rudolph has taken over. And finally, Monday night, Seattle Seahawks at San Francisco 49ers. Many so high on Russell Wilson after the Seahawks win in overtime, putting up 40 points. Let's slow it down, boys. San Francisco is a complete team, not a one-man show. To me, needing overtime to beat Tampa Bay raises a ton of questions about Seattle, but they're a ton of fun to watch, and we got Richard Sherman in a revenge game. So those are the other good games. Really, you can save it all for Sunday night. The Vikings have shown who they can beat, and it's Dallas that needs a big win, not just our Vikes. Go into Dallas, clean up the easy messes, and be the judge on who can and can't hang in the NFC. We are not afraid of tests. We are the test. Oh, let's go get this win, Dalvin, Er, Xavier, Eric Kendricks, the Bash brother. I want to see you become a national name in this one. Gonna be a fun one. Hope y'all enjoy it. Till next time, y'all. Skull Bikes. Thank you.